Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, folks. I hope you guys are rocking it out. Troy Dooley here, the host of the Beachside CEO, and I'm excited. We're in Chapter 6, the sixth law of John Maxwell's book, 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. I think this is, it may be one of the best books that he's written, but here's the good news. My good friend, Mike Maglinick, just wrote his his third book, The New Three-Foot Rule, How Social, Digital, and Mobile Media Has Impacted the Direct Selling and Relationship Marketing Arena. And I tell you what, I've already started reading this. This is a phenomenal book. It will be our next series. Uh, Mike is a phenomenal friend. I'm going to see if I can get him on one of the shows, which will be something different than we've done. Is actually trying to get the author on during one of our shows, maybe at the end of it, uh, where we can talk about this, because I think you guys are going to be blown away. He is an expert at this. He's an expert in direct selling, uh, both at the corporate level and at the field level. So it's going to be a good nuts and bolts. All of his other series that we have done have done phenomenally well, because people are hungry for this type of information, hungry to understand and know what is it that is needed, what is it that we're looking for. So I get excited when I see uh, him doing this. It was it was great. He just sent this over to me. Uh, so we will be pumping that book out on the next series. But let's get into deepness today. The law of environment. Growth thrives in conductive surroundings. This is pretty important. Art Williams used to tell, to, uh, tell us all the time, Change the people around you or change the people around you. Little riddle there. Could have been on Batman and Robin, but it's some powerful stuff. Mark Cain wrote this. The first step towards success is taken when you refuse to be captive of the in- environment you first find yourself in. Too many times people don't realize the environment. My good friend, my personal mentor, Tom Hopp, who's on his way, I might add today, to the country down under, Australia, Going down with his uh, his bride went down on Monday. He's going down. It'll be the first time in two years they've been down there to visit her parents and the rest of her family. They're going to have Christmas there. I don't get to see the old fart until he gets back here in January, but I'm going to miss him. But he's a great, great guy. We've got some new stuff we're doing with him in 2013. But let's get into this chapter right here. I believe at some point during every person's lifetime, there comes a need to change the environments in order to grow. In Tom's book, time out. He talks about the fact that our environment, our surroundings in our first 18 years really are the foundation of what we do as an adult, both from our limiting beliefs to our positive beliefs, all that. John is validating that statement. John goes on and says, if we want to grow to reach our potential, we must be in the right environment. How do you do that? You don't get to decide who your parents are. You don't get to decide you know, what your kids are going to be like. You marry the woman of your dreams, but she may not in every aspect decide that she likes what you do. Lord knows you men don't don't follow through on everything. That doesn't mean you go get a divorce. It doesn't mean you throw your kids out into the, the beach. It means you look at how can I change my environment if it's on a personal level like that. And to start out with, you've got to change yourself. We just talked about that. But what about in a business environment? How can you produce growth if you're in the wrong environment? See, that's the key to what we're talking about. John writes this. Listen to this. He says, I grew up in a great home environment. I had two loving parents. My, my father led our family proactively, helping each of the three kids find their purpose and develop their talents. 
My mom loved us unconditionally, and believe me, there were days when I know I was a challenge. Had lots of friends, and I headed off to a career, married my sweetheart. What could be better? Listen. But less than 10 years into my career, I realized that the environment I was in wasn't conducive to reaching my full potential. That's what happened to me. I grew up in a funky environment during the 70s, organized crime running rampant, the unions going through problems. I grew up in Kansas City. You can read it in the history books. We ended up in the 80s living in a beautiful suburb in a dream home built by my parents. Joined the Marine Corps, got out of the Marine Corps, became a bounty hunter and a bail bondsman, and I realized about five and a half, six years into that, actually it was probably closer to ten. I got involved in that in 1983, didn't get out until 1990, almost a decade. When I realized that it had just about taken my marriage, it had screwed up most of my relationships, my life wasn't the way I wanted it to be. I knew I had to change my environment. Changed my environment, went into mergers and acquisitions, corporate turnarounds. It was was right at the end. We were coming out of the the decade of greed, Michael Milken and all that, and we learned a lot on how to make this work. I've shared a little bit of that story. I didn't change that environment. The Secret Service changed it for me, which is why some people, when they listen to what I have to say about Zeke Rewards and others, they... They blow it off without realizing if they dig a little bit deeper into my background, they'd find out I know a little bit about Secret Service and and fraud. Ended up changing that environment. Didn't change enough environment, though. Was still going through some issues. People around me saying, it's never going to work. You can't do that. Why do you even dream that way? Stop dreaming. Just live with life as it is. And that's when Paige and I. In 2000, actually, it was in 90 that we decided this. 95, we'd made the plan. It wasn't until March of 2000 that we saw that plan come to fruition. But we both looked at each other and said, we have got to get out of this crap. Rented a U-Haul truck and a trailer to put the car on. And as you guys have heard me say in the past, with $5,000 in the bank, a temporary job with the U.S. Census, thank goodness I had a Marine Corps background. $50 on a down payment on a condo, we moved to the beach. The change in the environment, this is big, maybe bigger for my wife than me. Paige wrote her first book in 1996 when, no, I'm I'm all confused. She wrote her first book when Tessa was born, 1994 was when her first book was published. Great time. Her second book was rejected, and she did not write any more in the 90s. Now, she wrote but didn't publish anything. We moved to the beaches of northwest Florida. And you want to know what happened? She's written an average of three books a year ever since then. The change in the environment changed her career. She grew. She's still growing. She does almost as much editing now as she does writing. It's an amazing deal. What John is writing about here, I can can attest to. I fiddle-farted around my whole network marketing career until 2001, 
when a pioneer in lead generation and, and online systems, I caught his attention and he hired me in his customer service department. Within about eight months, I'd moved up to a high-level liaison position with the field. And when I left that company, he had given me the title of an executive vice president. My career changed with the environment. See, when you change your environment, your life will change. You constantly have to do that, and that's what John's talking about here. He says something else, and this is good right here. He says, what's the problem? Well, let me let me back up a little bit. He says this, I want to learn a lot more and be, their, they wanted me to learn a lot more and be their grooming boy. He's talking about his denomination because it's a small denomination. He was a lead pastor. But he knew he couldn't grow there. He had to do something different. When he left that denomination, they looked at it for years as rejection, and that wasn't it. He just knew he had to change. He says this. He says, you've probably seen the phrase, growth equals change. He goes, listen, it's possible to change without growing, but it's impossible to grow without changing. Another one of those riddles. He goes, like me, you must deal with many facts in life. You can't change where and when you were born, you can't change who your parents are, you can't change your height, you can't change your DNA, you can't change your looks. Well, I guess you can, you can get plastic surgery. But what you can change is your attitude about all that. He says a problem, on the other hand, is different. A problem is something that you can do something about. It's something that you can grow through. How are we going to do that? I want you to write this down. This is good. Number one, assess your current environment. Professor and preacher Ernest Campbell tells a story about a lonely woman who purchased a parrot at the pet store one day. After only one day of having it, she returned to the store and told the shopkeeper how disappointed she was. The parrot hasn't said a word. Does it have a mirror, asked the shopkeeper. Parrots like to be able to look at themselves in the mirror. So the lady bought a mirror. Next day she came back reporting the bird still wasn't speaking. He said, well, what about a ladder? Do you got a ladder? No. Parrots love enjoying walking up and down ladders. So the parrot owner bought a ladder and returned home. On the third day, she was back again with the same complaint. Pet shop owner said, well, does the parrot have a swing? Birds enjoy relaxing in the swing. So she bought a swing and went home. The fourth day, she returned. She announced, my bird is dead. The shopkeeper said, I am so terrible to hear that. Did the did the bird ever say anything before it died? Yes, the lady said. It said to me, don't they sell any food down there? Now, I know that it's, it's a little funky story, and you're saying, what the heck did John put that in there for? Here's the reason. Change, just for the sake of change, isn't going to help you. See, if you're going to make changes, if you're going to add or take out things in your life, you must make sure they're the right ones. And there's 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 some reasons for that. Anytime you're looking at change, these are three questions you can ask. Have I gone to the top too fast? There are people I have watched grow too fast, get to the top of the food chain, and then they've self-sabotaged themselves. It sucks, but I've seen it over and over, especially in direct selling. I do not feel challenged enough. If you don't, that's a good reason to change your atmosphere. That means you're in a, I went through that in high school. 
I mean, high school just flat sucked for me, and it wasn't because I couldn't do the good grades. It was because I was bored to freaking tears. I graduated in a, a semester early, and even when I graduated, my, my last year of school, I had like two study halls per day. I already had my credits. I'd go into study hall. They'd do, they'd do roll. I'd check it out, and I'd go to the bathroom and not go back. I'm going home. Heck with this crap. I don't need to sit around doing something for two hours in a in a study hall where I don't have all I'm going to do is get in trouble, either pinching some girl's butt or talking to some guy. And I'd just I'd go I'd walk. I spent more time walking that year and thinking and, and focusing than you can shake a stick at. Third thing is there's nowhere else I want to be in the organization. If you've hit the top of the organization, then that's it. I've got a friend of mine, Brian McMullen. Brian's a little bit younger than I am, passionate about direct selling. And one of the craziest guys I've ever met because he has to constantly stay challenged. He's constantly traveling the world, building his teams. He's getting into other things like rock and roll producing and all this stuff because he always needs a challenge. And there's just people like that. When you see people leave an organization and they're at the top and you say, why the heck did they leave? Maybe they just aren't challenged anymore. That just happens. John writes this. One of the ways to judge whether you're growing and in a conducive growth environment is to discern whether you're looking forward to what you're doing or looking backwards to what you've done. Do you know how many times I sat on the phone with people or sat in meetings, and what I hear them tell me is what they've done in the past? And I just shake my head and say, seriously? So you've got to constantly be looking at the forward. Every December, all we start doing is we look at the last 12 months, what worked and what didn't, and how can we produce better results in 2013 for those on the radio show, for those that listen, for those that we're mentoring, for the companies that we deal with. It's the only way that you're going to be able to build this and build it the way you want to. Number two is challenge yourself and your environment. John says, if you know that you need to make a major change in your environment, then there's something you must keep in mind. You must also determine to change yourself at the same time, and here's why. If you change yourself but not your environment, growth will be slow and difficult. I've learned that I don't know how many times. Change your environment but not yourself, and growth will be slow and less difficult. When you change your environment and yourself, growth will be fast and more successful. All through the 90s, Paige and I were growing ourselves, but our environment hadn't changed. And we struggled. We grew. I mean, I can think back to so many fun times that we had as a couple and a family. But we we weren't growing as fast as we wanted to, and there was a lot of struggles during those time periods. Internal struggles with, with family members on both sides, health issues with Tessa, challenges with teen boys, struggles with our relationship because of everything else. And then we made a move one day and said, we're going to break all ties and do it on our own. Me, her, and God, it's a beautiful, beautiful triangle when you look at it like that. By God, have we not had some crazy times. And it, you know what? It isn't utopia living at the beach. I'm going to tell you that right now. Got to deal with snowbirds. Got to deal with tourists. Got to deal with 
God deal, spring breakers. I mean, you know, the list could go on. I'm, I'm being funny, but, I mean, literally, it, it hasn't changed. And we still have trouble with teen boys, adult sons, raising granddaughters, all from our boys, not from our girls. But when we changed the environment and we changed ourselves, growth happened faster. Here's here's what I think a, a good, thriving environment needs to be for a person. And, and John wrote, wrote this. I just realized, man, this is what I've lived by. You need to be in an environment where there's others that are ahead of you, where you're always striving, you're always looking for, you always want to be better. You want to look for an environment where you're always challenged. You want to look for an environment where you're focused forward all the time. As a matter of fact, I, I did a, I've got some great things happening. That 2013 is going to be a blowout year for us. But one of the things that, that, that I've been doing is talking with some people. And, and it's amazing to me how many CEOs are forward-thinking. I was on with BK Breco the other day, and what he's got for 2013 just blow the world away. Fred Nino, I was talking with, with Tuffy Baum, who's actually the, the, the president of Ocean Avenue the other day, and that's my company, but listen to me. Some of the stuff he was telling me they got planned with, blow me, and they, this is what happens. When you're in the right environment, everybody's focusing forward, not where they came from. You've got to have an, an atmosphere of affirming where people are always praising everybody. You've got to have one where it's going to push you out of your comfort zone. One where you wake up excited. One where you realize failure is not my enemy. We're going to learn from every mistake. You know, that's one thing I can honestly tell you. I think I've learned from Richard Brooks more than anybody else. Richard has this tenacity about him. And when something fails in his life, he learns from it, writes about it, and moves on. It's the most amazing thing you ever need. You got to be in an environment where others are growing, where people desire change, where growth is modeled and and, and expected from people. Now, John writes something else that's pretty important here. As you consider changing yourself and your environment, think about the elements that the right kind of growth provides. The right soil to grow in. What nourishes me? The right air to breathe, what keeps me alive? The right climate to live in, what sustains me? Now, when you take those three questions and you sum them up in three words, what's the right soil to grow in? That's for the growth. What's the right air to breathe? That's your purpose. The right climate, the people. He has a way with words. Actually, Charles has a way with words, and John he takes John's words and really makes them come to life on the pages. Number three. Change who you spend your time with. This goes back to what I said earlier. Change the people around you or change the people around you. King Solomon, who was the king of the ancient Hebrews, what we call now the state of Israel, wrote this. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. You don't hear the word fools anymore. But I tell you what, there's a heck of a lot of them out there in the world today. Charles Tremendous Jones used to say this, you are the same today that you're going to be in five years from now except for two things, the people with whom you associate and the books that you've read. I learned that when I was a teenager and it has never changed. I have numerous people. I was. I, it was funny. I was over, I got an email telling me that my 30-year class reunion was coming up and I'm thinking, no, it's not. It's already passed. I graduated in May of 2000, 
and uh, or May of 1982. This is this is December of 2012. I go over and I look, and sure enough, it happened. I guess they just didn't want me there, so they sent the email after the fact. But here's what I was thinking. In 30 years, I've changed the people around me. I have people that were close to me that are dead. Some of them died when we were in school. They never reached their full potential. Others have died since then. I have friends that I grew very tight with, and we did a lot of stuff together that went to prison for fraud, deception, running pyramids and Ponzi's. It's interesting. I have friends in prison for crime, criminal crimes, because I wrote so much bail. I had a friend of mine. Matter of fact, my my middle boy's initials, JT, were were kind of picked from that. And JT was a good friend of mine. He was a confidant and somebody that I could pick up the phone and say, I need you to go thump this guy because he owes me money. And you know what? That's exactly what he did. The former Hells Angel served time in prison for shooting a guy with a shotgun that had raped his sister. He got a second chance in life. I hired him at one of the companies that we were running. He became a foreman with us at a feed mill, and that wasn't good enough. He ended up robbing a liquor store that was owned by a cop. has been on the run for, I don't know, probably in prison again in Texas now. I looked back at all the people that I've known in my life, and I realized that as I grew, I changed the people around me. Now I run around with men and women that, in some cases, don't have as much money as I do, but I learned so much from them. Others who have not only reached a higher level in life financially, but but their level of success in business and in leadership is higher than mine, and I, I hang around with them too. I'm constantly learning and growing. I've learned something else. I got an email the other day from a lady. She's a network marketing professional, very good, very successful. And she starts the sentence off with, I moved to a new town and didn't realize how lonely it would be. Now I'm trying to to deliver a baby and, and build my network marketing business, and I need a good mentor. I live in Destin, Florida. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't have ever put the word lonely at the front of your sentence because I'm not the person you need. You know, so we're able to hand her off to somebody else. I've learned as a as a as a man as I've grown over the years to be cautious and to listen to what's being said. That's what growth does for you. Now maybe you, you you don't have an accountability partner. I've got a whole accountability group. But maybe it's time that you find an accountability partner, and that accountability partner needs to be somebody of the same sex. And if you don't know what I mean there, that doesn't mean that one sex like you do. That means a man for a man, a woman for a woman. That's how you need to do that. You need somebody that will love you unconditionally, even when you falter. Somebody that desires your success, wants to see you succeed. Somebody that's mature. Somebody that that will ask you questions consistently, help you when you need help. One of those people that does that for me is Doug Fireball, the founder of Home Business Radio Network and one of my mentors and a, and a man that has given me, you know, Tom Chenault gave me my start in radio. Doug Fireball pushed me to the next level, made me the news director of that radio network and, and allowed me to have the Beachside CEO radio show. This is what life is about, is when you change and you change and you change and the people around you change and you get accountability partners and people that will hold you accountable. That's what you need. Number four, challenge yourself in your new environment. John writes this, one of the most positive things about being in a growth environment is that it gives you room to fly, but you must be intentional about finding and creating those growth opportunities. 
you must develop the habit and discipline of challenging yourself. You can ask five questions. And and this comes from from digging deep and saying, what am I going to do? How am I going to challenge myself? Well, the way to do it is surround yourself with the right leaders. That's how you change your environment. So you ask yourself, what are their strengths? That's what I need to learn most. So every time I'm with somebody that's smarter than I am, that's up the ladder, that's better in my new environment, I'm constantly – it doesn't matter to me. If I'm, on the, if I'm interviewing people, these are the types of questions I'm thinking. What, what are their strengths? What can I learn? What are they learning now? How can I catch their passion? What do I need right now? What, what are they telling me that will apply to me right now? Who have they met? What have they read? What did they learn from them? Can I go and, you, and learn that same thing? That's why Mike and I have become great friends. Mike Maglin, who's who we're going to be doing his book. I, I just love it. Why haven't I asked? And what should I ask? Number, number five, focus on the moment. John says, the changes we want to make in our lives can only be in the present. That's a true statement. That's what we got to look on. We're going we're gonna to analyze our past, but it's the present, and moving forward is where we're going for. Number six, move forward despite criticism. Oh, this is big. You know, if you go read the book, The Science of Getting Rich, Wallace Walters writes this, Do not wait for a change of environment before you act. Cause a change of environment through action. You can act upon your, per, your present environment so as, you, so as to cause yourself to be transferred to a better environment. I, I totally believe that. It's up to you at the end of the day, not somebody else. As you take action to change yourself and your environment, you will almost certainly be criticized for it. I am all the time. But as Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, whatever course you decide upon, there is always someone to tell you that you're wrong. There is always, always difficulties arising which tempt you to believe that your critics are right, but they're not. Always move forward. And listen, listen to me. Sometimes your critics come to you looking like a hottie in beautiful with beautiful batting eyes. Because Jesus' critics weren't all the time the outsiders. They were the 12 people that were closest to him. Your friends and family can be your worst critics, and they do it for the right reasons. Think about that. As we close out today, if you're a leader, a CEO, an executive... You're leading a team already. You need to create the environment where there's going to be people that are always ahead of somebody, where they're always growing, where they're always helping to lift somebody else up, an environment where your team always feels challenged, where they're focused forward, an atmosphere where you're affirming the successes of individuals and the team, someplace where you're pushing people out of their comfort zone like an eagle pushes their eaglets out. A place where they wake up excited, where they don't fear failure at all. Where people are growing, people are desiring change, and growth is the model. That's the key in what we're doing. That's why I love this book. I mean, it really is one of the better books that he's written in a while. Tomorrow, Chapter 7, The Law of Design. It's going to be a powerful time. Guys, I want you to have an awesome day today. Think about this. Put it to work. We're in the holiday season. Go out and tell somebody you love them. Tell them happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you guys do. But let them know that they're loved. 
because that's the most important part. Live life like an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. You've been listening to the Beachside CEO on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive powered radio.